cool thing about blind knowledge is we are in multiple countries. We are worldwide all across the globe. We are in the US, we are in the UK, we are in Canada, Germany, India, Japan. We're in Australia, y'all. Blindknowledge.com. Now back to the feature presentation. Yeah, we're live. We're live once again. This is Joey B. I'm over here at Blind Knowledge. Blindknowledge.com is the spot that's hot, and we are going to be live so, so soon. Don't forget it. It's Blindknowledge.com. You can check us out over on Instagram. We are The Blind Knowledge. We're on TikTok at, at The Blind Knowledge, and we're all over the place on YouTube, uh, Twitch. We feature podcasts, we feature live streamers, we feature digital content creators, we feature musicians, and today we feature, we feature actually a comedian, a comedian by the name of Tony Nagy. You gotta check her out. She's over on TikTok, taking the TikTok world by storm. She's so funny. She's over on Instagram as well. So you can check her out on TikTok, check her out on Instagram right now. You can check her out here on Blind Knowledge. Check her out. Here we go. Hey, Tony, 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 Tony. Has done it again. Hey, let's get down. Let's get down. I was looking for that music, but I couldn't find it. So welcome. Uh, that would have been a great reference. Uh, you know, and a great lawsuit to be to be sued by that uh, <laughs> that group and that licensor. Uh, probably a, uh, I'm guessing a music label that has that one, but that's okay. Well, maybe we'll work it in later. So Tony. Let's get down, Tony, 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 the comedian. Hey, so thank you so much for joining me. I appreciate your time. How are you doing today? I'm doing pretty well, thank you. How are you? Yo, I'm all right. I'm all right now. I'm pumped now because it's been months since we've been talking. It's been months since I found your TikTok and I laughed and I actually get, it got me out of bed. I was like, holy shit, she's funny. I got I to gotta ask her for an interview. But first, I need to have a network and a show. So I got the network and the show going, and now we have the interview. So that's, that's pretty cool. Um, I feel honored oh. to be a part of that impulse and impetus. Yeah, you got me going. You, you were the spark. You were the spark for me, for sure. You and some others as well. We got to get right into it, though. Uh, you are a hilarious comedian uh, using physical comedy, but also this informative approach. Um, where did you start? Like, where did your comedic journey start? Were you young? Was it recent? Give us some. Uh, give us some overlay on that. Um. So I was a philosophy person in college. Uh, I think that really kind of shaped a worldview where you have to question everything. And when you start questioning all things, at least for me personally, it led me into a bit of like a nihilistic, depressive path because I was like, oh my fucking God, what is reality? And so I think as a way of coping and dealing with the harsh suffering of existence, I just started to lean into the absurd of it. And I think for me personally, when I can see the absurdity and laugh about it a little bit, or at least acknowledge it, then I'm able to talk about things that are maybe like painful in the heart or painful in the brain, but not take it so seriously where it puts me like in an oppressive and depressive state. That's interesting. Um, but I, I started off with sketch comedy. Um, wow. Okay. That was my Very like cool. first kind of jam. 
you know, beginning with YouTube and then Facebook, you know, and Facebook was more of a thing. Oh, yes. When because it was, the, when it was awesome. When remember was when Facebook, Facebook mattered? Yes. When I, I had, they, they keep telling yeah. us it matters, but I'm like, does it? Not no. anymore. No, no. It did when, when I had an edu, a dot edu email and I was still in college and it was the Facebook. Yeah, it mattered then. But then when my mom and dad got on there and my grandma and then, you know, like, no, no, uh, Something about it. No. So I did. I mean, I think the thing about sketch comedy that is fun and exciting is you get to hide behind a character. And there was something really freeing for that about that, about being creating these characters. And I also I love sketch comedy and I think it is a really interesting platform for cultural commentary. And it took me a while to get on board with just talking directly to a camera in a more solo stage, you know, Instagram, TikTok kind of way and not be with like another human being that I was engaging with and to purely just engage to a camera and have that feel authentic and not like a crazy person, like by yourself <laughs> talking Yeah, yeah, that's true. to a phone. Right. And that took me a minute to make that transition. Yeah, that must be tough. Did you put like a name? Did you name the phone or maybe a label with a smiley face or something on there? Well, I think what I started doing is I started doing it uh, high. Okay. Yeah, I okay. would get stoned. <laughs> and so then there was a... Uh, you know, I was almost... I was like, okay. And I had this connection... Um, to Cypress Hill, and I was like, oh, if I make um, okay. weed videos, then Cypress Hill would promote my video. So it was kind of, there was this <laughs> integration that was going, because I was just, you know, looking to get out there more. And Hell so yeah. I do think smoking weed was the beginning of me finding an authentic relationship hmm. to the back of my phone. Hey, whatever works for you, Tony. I mean, shit. Cypress Hill is one of the best ever. I'm actually I'm rep- I'm representing the 420 as well over here as always. Nice. Yeah, it definitely lightens me up a little bit. It, it kind of mellows me out, and you know I've, I'm definitely a proponent of it. I think it should be legal everywhere. I've seen you've mentioned edibles in some of your shorts or TikTok videos. So, oh um, yeah, you must be a proponent of it. Uh, we're where you're living now, is it uh, is it a positive thing? Is it shunned upon? Because it, it varies from state to state. Everyone I talk to, it's a different deal. Yeah, I mean, New Hampshire is um, – so I'm in New Hampshire. So Vermont, Massachusetts, Maine, like we're kind of surrounded by more legalized states. Yeah, sure. Live um, free or die. I think it's deep. Yeah, it's decriminalized here, but it's not legal. It's not like we have dispensaries here that we can go to. Okay, okay, not yet. So, but from like a cultural perspective, I do think New England both has a very Puritan and alcohol-based identity, (laughs) and it's opening up to weed in a specific way, but Mm. I don't, it's not exactly normalized. And it's funny, it's something that, I don't, you know, I go in and out of doing, but I'm a very like public advocate of even whether or not I'm smoking at that time or not. I don't really, it doesn't really matter to me whether or not I want to be like an advocate because I do think it's an important topic. Yeah. 
But it, I always laugh, like, going to my kid's school. You know, she goes to, like, this, like, kind of, like, uptight school. And then I, like, put all these videos out about, like, weed and this and that. <laughs> and, like, I'm always like, yeah. these parents are not fans of mine, I don't think. But that's okay. Not yet. Not yet. Maybe they just haven't been enlightened. I mean, that's what blind knowledge is all about. It's about illuminating that information that's out there that we just kind of don't know about yet or hasn't registered yet. Or maybe it hasn't been given to us and truthfully maybe we only know parts of it so i think you know legalization of marijuana you know there's there's so many pluses to it you know the tax money that could come in and help out these communities and, and the educational system itself and there's just um there's not a lot of negative to it in my eyes at least um, but I can I can understand how maybe an uptight community could see it that way. You know, we we were discussing in the before we came on the air here. You know, I'm from Massachusetts. You're from Massachusetts. There definitely is that Puritan vibe up there, but it's it's kind of progressive. It's getting there a little bit. They did they did legalize it over in Massachusetts, so hopefully it comes your way too. Yeah, Mass and, and Boston, it is legal. You can go to the dispensaries. I mean, I think it's interesting the whole Puritan identity that is in the underbelly of New England because it's there mm -hmm. you know and there's also a lot of um there's almost like a glory to suffering you know we're like oh we got the winner yo you know like <laughs> we yeah. there's something very like sarcastic and harsh about New England people oh, yeah. and when you work hard you know I gotta work real hard so I do think there is something counter intuitive about bringing weed which is a little bit more of like a groovy northern california vibe you know it's like in the east coast we wake up with the sun and and like the west coast like they wake up later they you know they're, they're just a different vibe so i think that it's interesting to try to integrate what we think as like the new england values with a more laid-back weed vibe you yeah. know vibration yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah, it's great. It's actually great because anyone that knows around that area, especially like the Boston area, it's it's go, go, go. It's hustle and bustle. It's it's a big it's a big bubble that you live in and it's just hundred percent all the time. You gotta be on, you gotta be ready, you gotta be good, and if you're not, you're out. And that's just um it's nice to have a little bit of mellow, maybe just take a breath, you know, exhale the beauty a little bit. Yeah. I always think like, cause we wake up with the stock market, you know? And I just oh, yeah, think the do. quantum entanglement of the, the stock market wakes up, East coast wakes up, you know, the West coast wakes up three hours later. I mean, I guess if you're like a day trader, you're waking up pretty yeah. fucking early on the West coast, <laughs> yeah. but the normal person sure. is just, they're not waking up with the capitalist vibe, you know, they're just yeah. kind of waking up. But I, I do think that waking up and being in the same time zone as nasdaq and as the stock market I, I think it has a psychological impact i really do absolutely especially monday through friday absolutely uh, i can't agree more uh, are you a big trader or are we gonna go on the inside no i here? don't have the emotional <laughs> constitution for it because it's gambling you know i <laughs> it I, is I legal gambling I, yeah. yeah it's legal it gambling i did go hard on crypto like when there was that big crypto oh. dip i was like I'm fucking buying it. I did. I, yeah. I bought the fuck into some crypto. Nice. I tried to look at the uh, more ecological ones like Chia, which was incredibly hard to locate and buy. Yeah. I'm still a little slow on it, you know, but 
I think the interesting thing about crypto is like, okay, there is this criticism of it as the environmental catastrophe of it, which I'm not denying. But I have like a couple questions. Like, what is the environmental catastrophe of just regular fucking money? It's unimaginable. And also, you know, if we shifted our power and how we, you know, powered all of these like mega servers to be powered on sustainable energy, like we obviously could, the sustainable energy outlets are there. We just need to plug into them. Then it's like crypto is such a better potential solution to our economic tomfoolery that's happening. So I'm, you know, I'm, I'm going up and down on how I feel about like (laughs) what to do about money in the future and crypto and finances. Yeah, no, I hear you. I think it's a little bit of both too. I think you gotta, well, you gotta, what do they say? You got, you got to put a little bit into everything. You got to, um, diversify diversify yes you got to diversify you know i have a little bit in crypto a little bit and in some stocks but both of them are crapshoots you never know i mean bitcoin could crap out i don't know i don't think it will at this point but besides you know bitcoin and ether and and cardano is another one you know you don't really know what these things are gonna do and then half of them you know it's like what do they do what kind of value intrinsic value do they have tangible value like what can you do with a shiba coin ah yeah you you can own it in a computer like an nft Uh, exactly it's like what is an nft well it's a it's a jpeg isn't it or something like that it's a concept yeah it's basically a twitter logo at this point but people are all for it they're like gung-ho they think okay the nfts are going to be the next big thing well let's maybe they will maybe they won't i don't know it's it's another crapshoot in my opinion i know i did go into a gronkowski nft hole because i was like well sports nfts maybe that's Yeah, like maybe that's where the the value will always be maintained in the sports world. That's interesting. I, mean, I don't know about the art world, but something about sports where there's, you know, there's like the fantasy football. There is a whole yeah. like virtual sports existence. And then the cards, you know, you used to have sports cards. Oh, yeah. So, trading cards. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Trading absolutely. cards. Yeah. yeah. There is something I do think from a sports perspective that NFTs might be able to maintain value regardless of the rest of the market. I, the art thing is cool. And then there's also that. like music NFTs, but, um, Oh, that's true. That's true. P- uh, bands nowadays are starting to launch and drop, uh, demos as NFTs, which as a musician myself, I think that's, that's really cool. I think it's a good avenue to explore, especially nowadays with the way labels are and the, the industry yeah. itself and, and just how hard it is, not even just to make money, but to get found, get heard, and even just play a gig these days. It's like, you got to find those new avenues and NFTs, you know, that that could be the way to go for music. Yeah. Well, Wu-Tang was the original. Remember when Wu-Tang just like made one album? They did. Yes. Yeah. And then they sold just what? I mean, they were like way ahead of their time. True. As usual. That fucking album. I, I feel like <laughs> the guy who bought it was the guy. Uh, he 
is in jail. Like, yeah, he I was think the he big pharma. Something... He was the big pharma bro. He that, was the oxy guy, right? That asshole. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. Maybe he had to sell his Wu Tang <laughs> album. I don't know what happened. With he that. did. I'm sure they weren't pumped that that was the dude who bought their fucking album. But they weren't. It, it, he, it was a good idea. It. Oh, it's a great idea. He did sell it. He like had to if sell. Tool, it. if Tool wanted to make one album, they would make like I don't know. I'm all over it. If Millions. Tool, oh, Tool? Oh, my God. One of the best shows I've ever seen was Tool, for sure. Tool, me too. In yeah. Boston. Oh, you saw him in Boston. Oh, that's mm-hmm. great. Right that's before awesome. the pandemic. Uh, it was the last show oh, I went to. Oh, wow. Wow. That's interesting. Yeah, Maynard can... Maynard can sing. Oh man! And it was it was a holy experience. I really <laughs> felt like it was holy. Yo, some of that music, and especially like Tool. Um, you know, I saw them as Tool, and I saw them as a perfect circle. There is like this spiritual aspect, this feeling that you know you're just taken out of whatever else is on your mind, and you're brought into this beautiful like, spiritual awakening almost that you can't yeah. describe. It's just this uplifting feeling, you know. No, I, and also I remember, you know, they, they, they were like, no fucking phones, right? They're like, you pull out a phone, we're taking it away. And I was like, that's very groovy. And then they had like, um, a, almost like for the first, like, I don't know, like 20 or 30 minutes, there was a sheet around them or like some, yeah. it was like some sort of like hanging yeah. thing that eventually they pulled back, but it was like, uh, foreplay you know they were like look we'll play the music for you but like you know and then they like slowly undressed it was really (laughs) fucking cool and then at the end they had such like this beautiful receiving like they let everyone do their phones for the last song and then like afterwards they just like received the applause in this like super open-hearted way (laughs) i was weeping i was like who are these men these men are unbelievable (laughs) they are they are absolutely unbelievable and they're in control of their own destiny. You know that I think that's yeah. a band in particular. They're going to do what they want to do. And if they don't want to do it, then they're not going to do it. And that's, that's how it should be. It's their, it's their baby. It's their creative prop, uh, their creative project. It's, you know, it's theirs. It's their creative control. And, uh, Maynard's everywhere. Yeah. I mean, I think when people get to a certain level of their confidence and they, can say no, right? And when you're able to say, no, I'm not going to do that or no, I'm not going to compromise, that is where there's like this very interesting level of artistic freedom. It also, I think, can be a detriment when you have no one in your circle that says no to you. Because we've all seen people get super successful and then they get fucking really shitty ideas but no everyone's afraid to say no to them because they're famous and successful. So then they start making kind of like crappy shit because so it's interesting (laughs) like you get mm -hmm. to a level of success where you can say no and that's really important but then if no one says no to you you're not you're not always doing your best work where if you're at a level where you're still like hustling like I don't say no to shit you know like someone's like I'll say I'll say yes 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 you know and there's something to be said that's like not so good about that either (laughs) because I'm always like a little desperate you know I'm always like well let's I don't have that confidence to just be like no I'm not doing that man well it sounds like you have that openness too you're willing to um kind of go out of the comfort box or or whatever your um base is because I agree you know if you're going to just say yes, yes all the time, or if you're going to have yes men around you, where's the growth? Where is the, yeah. where is the, um, the, wh- what makes you, you, 
you know, and I think having yes men around you, and I had this conversation with someone recently that if you have people just saying yes, yes all the time, those aren't your friends. Those aren't the people that are going to support you at the end. Those are the ones along for the ride. And when that ride is over, and sometimes it's over real quick, you know, those are the ones that aren't going to answer their phones. Those are the ones that are not going to be around. And it's just, it's a shame to think about it that way. It's kind of negative, but it's true. It's true. The the ones that are going to support you along the way, the ones that care and that love you and and that really want you to do your best are the ones that are going to call a spade a spade. They're going to call bullshit on you. They're going to say, I don't know, Tony, that shirt. I don't know about that one, you know, or they're going to say, I don't know about Joe. I don't know about that pink, uh, that pink, whatever you're wearing there, that lanyard. I love pink on dudes, actually. It's a great look. Thank you very much. Yeah, I'm a huge fan. Yeah, (laughs) I'm like, no, no, no. More pink. More pink. Well, I'm, I'm gonna. Yeah, because it's I'll a bright that. color. It really brightens because brightens the skin. <laughs> oh, that's a good thing to know. I definitely need that with my pale Irish skin for sure. Uh, oh, pink! Pink's your color. It's my new obsession. Like a bright pink. Just saying. Just throwing that out there. Nice. Yeah, I mean, it's also interesting because you know, as like an artist or a creator, your friends and your family are not your fans, right? And that's something that like is interesting to me. I think my most supportive people are strangers when it comes to my like career. Like I think my friends and family are in an abstract way. They're like, yeah, you know, and they'll um, come to something. If I'm like, come to this, they'll come. But it's interesting. It's especially with the internet, we're able to create these connections to people. You know, it's like people DM you. And then you become friends. Like you can, I have so many stranger friends. I'm, I'm never going to meet. Like people will be like, I want to send you. Oh my God. I did have a really, I do a really funny stranger sending me thing story. What? So this girl who's like super sweet, who like always writes me like wicked nice messages. She's like, I'm going through surgery and I've been making all these like weed lollipops. Like, can I send you some? Mm. And I was like, oh, that's like super nice like sure like that's really kind i'm not anytime someone's like i want to send you something i'm never gonna say no because that's energetically it's like it's kind someone wants to share something with you absolutely so i'm like yeah that sounds great so she sends me this package and i'm not home i i actually don't use my phone on saturdays i have a cell-free saturday so i i'm not even no one can reach me so i'm not home and no one can reach me and my kid is home alone with her friend a friend who like came over for a play date. So they're home alone. And I had ordered her things on Poshmark, which is like a, you know, like person to person. Oh yeah. Yeah. I've tried to eBay. resell. You know Poshmark, I tried right? to resell t-shirts and shirts and shirts on there. Yeah. Oh, it didn't go well. But. We're huge into Poshmark because I'm like, I'm not buying you anything fucking new kid, but I'll get you some <laughs> used shit on Poshmark. So she was having this like stuff come on Poshmark. So these packages came and she's like, oh, it's the Poshmark stuff. She's opening them up and she's finding her shirts or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then she opens up her and her little friend open up the box of lollipops. Ooh. And I thank fucking god they were like neon goddamn green like the girl made them green and she put the weed leaf on them and my kid was like oh i think these are weed (laughs) we should not fucking eat them because she couldn't call me and ask like what's up these lollipops gonna eat them you raised her right you raised her right oh my god i was like i came home i was like holy fucking goddess i can't even imagine a world in which you and your little friend (laughs) were home alone eating weed pops you know like i was like you're fucking 
So that's why it's good to, inf- I mean, like she knows who she watches my videos, but I was like, that is so crazy and so funny. And I'm so glad that she um, is intelligent to know, like, don't eat anything that mom gets sent in the mail. <laughs> Have mom test it first and she'll share if it's anything. Yeah, like, mm, yeah. It's smart. It's like the president. If the president gets something in the mail, they they test it. Yeah, like you know, let it be. <laughs> yeah, it be. just like it's not safe. Mom's mail is not safe. That's funny. That's funny. Um, how, so you said you have a daughter. Obviously, we just talked about that. How how old is she? She's eleven. Eleven. She's eleven. And a half, yeah. Oh, and she was. She knew enough. That see, that's great parenting. She that's knew great enough. I mean, because I is. also, it's like we talk about these things because I think it's important. Because I actually, I don't drink at all, so she's yeah, she's never either. seen me wasted or anything. But she's seen my videos, and so I explain like what weed is, and and like I once got sent psychedelics in the mail, so I was like. I got sent psychedelics, and she was there when I opened it. She's like, what are those? And I was like, oh, they're psychedelics. You wow, know? you just told and her. That's grown-ups take. That's actually very, and very honorable. I think it really works, at least for me and our family, it works better to just be, like, upfront about it because I think that, like, then she, when she's exposed to these things with her friends, like, A, she's going to know she can talk to me about it. That's true. And um, B, like... I don't know if you ever got way too fucked up as a child. Like I had so many nights where I was so fucked up and I felt so alone, you know, and you're like kind of scared. And I'm Mm. hoping that I'm creating a lifestyle where if she was ever like too fucked up, she could call me and be like, I'm really too fucked up. And I'll be like, oh, that's totally fine. I'm a great trip guide. Like, come home. (laughs) Like, I'll be, you'll be okay. You know, like, I want to be able to be there for her or her friends or whatever. Cause I mean, most kids experiment with stuff and you want to feel like, safe like oh yeah or you have you can always go home to your your mom and feel <laughs> feel better if you're like tripping that's you know the, that's the so number one that's person important. that's the number one person true is mom and yeah i i think that's great i i i think that's you know from what i've found i'm not a parent yet so i don't have a lot of uh a lot of juice um in the blender on that but you know just being honest like being able to say okay these are psychedelics and you shouldn't touch them you know, but just like not yeah. saying, okay, this is poison. <laughs> you know, it's no. like, it makes yeah, you think, this oh, is something, what kind of poison is it? This is a spiritual thing that grownups do because right. we need to feel what it is to be you, a child. <laughs> like, Again, yes. You are in a magical yeah. state of consciousness and awareness. And when you grow up, you lose connection to that. So we do drugs in order to feel the magic that you're already existing in. So you don't need to worry about it. Yo, and she's like, oh, true. cool. That's true. I never really thought of it that way. That's... Like that playfulness wow. of, um, cause I remember I had, there was this one time where, so I did not smoke. I took a break from like 29 until like for seven years, I took a break. And so for all of my kids, like young, young ages, like I was not, I was never stoned. Like I never had anything. I was like very fucking sober. Mm-hmm. Part of which is because I was breastfeeding and you can't like breastfeed stoned cause that's crazy you know like someone's feeding off of you like they're a velociraptor and then like watching someone eat you might get hungry and like there's a free one and Mm. you know like i was like i'm not touching weed so then i remember then like i finally a couple years later she's a little older i started i started smoking a little bit and i remember uh my husband and i he had these videos of her as a, a baby and she's like on a um 
tractor or something. And he took this like two and a half minute video of her like on a tractor. And I'm watching this and he's like really in it, you know, like he was really like into the shots and like really capturing the moment. And they were having this great time. And I was like, oh, I was like, were you like a little stoned when you were doing this? And I could tell he suddenly was like felt like shame or embarrassed about it. But I just started like crying and he was like, oh, my God, like what? And I was like, I just feel like I like really wasted so much of her childhood, like not being high and appreciating it like you were because <laughs> he was so appreciating it. And like as a completely sober person, like sometimes you're like on your phone, and you're totally fucking distracted. And like if you're like a little high around a kid, you're like, yes, let's draw for like an hour. Oh, Absolutely. God. Like I'll play my little pony with you. Like you can really connect in this way. That was like really awesome. And so it's funny how, um, you know, it's like all your kids want from you is to connect and to like have you not be distracted. And being with a kid can be a little boring if you're not like totally in your imagination because it's hard to like, oh, I can't imagine. So if you're like a little high, then you can imagine. You don't want to look at your phone. You want to like be with the kid. Be part of, be in the moment, be, be fun, be, in the be, moment. be on, be a kid again. Yeah. Yeah. Like I felt like from five to eight, like it was a really cool way to connect and to just like be. That's interesting. And not because like then I knew she was going to like stay alive. You know, I was like, okay, like I can fucking chill out a little. You know, I didn't have to be like so like, don't touch that. It's all. Yeah. yeah so <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I do think it's interesting like how um, how to really like be playful. You know, that's such yeah. an important part of life. It is. It is. And I like how you mentioned just a little high, just a little stone, not like out of your mind, can't take care of this kid, aren't responsible. No. But just like a, yeah. little, a little bit of sprinkles on the Sunday. Never yeah, heard of Yeah, like a little. You know, just yeah. a little bit. You know, we're not talking the whole thing, not talking the bananas, but just some sprinkles, some jimmies. Some Jimmy's, yeah, if you Jim- will. Oh my God, I was just talking ah. about Jimmy's versus Sprinkles <laughs> really? the other day. Oh. Yeah, and I was like, oh. Jimmy's, is that just a mass thing? Does anyone else call them Jimmy's? I that's actually a conversation that I've had too recently. That's funny that you bring that up. I think it is. I think it's just our like area of like New England where it's just Jimmy's, but people Jimmy's, Jimmy's, yeah. Which are uh, anyone listening or watching us right now who don't know what Jimmy's are? Those are the black sprinkles, the chocolate sprinkles, basically. So you have your rainbow sprinkles and you have your uh, your chocolate sprinkles that you'd put on ice cream and around Massachusetts and that but area. Why were they called Jimmy's? Like, what was that about? I. If I had to guess, it's something racial, but I don't even want to know. Oh, that's not good. It's not good. Uh, And well, you know what? It doesn't When you said, like, we only called the brown sprinkles Jimmy's, I'm like, wait a fucking second. Yeah, I used the wrong one there. Use the wrong (laughs) word there. Because the the multicolored ones were still sprinkles? Yeah, rainbow sprinkles. That's fucked up. Yeah, we need to look that up. We We should. I'm making a note right now with my handy dandy pen. We'll, we'll take a look at that. Uh, we will, and we'll 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 circle back. We'll circle back. We'll circle back because Absolutely. that's an important thing to know. If we need to like 
cancel that word. It that, sounds wrong. It sounds like I should never say it again. Yeah, now but I, I think I mm. I made the authentic shift already to sprinkle. Oh, so yeah, now I now I feel like a dirtbag because we're gonna end up canceling one of my favorite things, which is Jimmy's. But that's 2022 for you. We're just canceling everything to cancel it. It seems, which is we just gotta call yeah. it what it is. Yeah, sprinkles. that's a good point. That's a chocolate good point. sprinkles. Chocolate sprinkles. Yeah. And hopefully we can continue to call them sprinkles and not just chocolate toppings and then just toppings and then just. I think. So. Why? Well, yeah, we have to. How deep do we go, Tony? <laughs> And words that are kind of interesting is like words are really fucked up. Like words you know, are it's real like too. words. The words matter. If you if you're watching television, you're watching programs, right? You're watching television programs. Yep. You're programming your mind. You change the channel because you're channeling information. Mm-hmm. You know, um, like the week, the weekday, like your week. Mm-hmm. And then your week ends, like that. Those are really weird words. And then like uh-huh. hello, like hell, oh. I never thought. I of don't that. know. There's wow, so that's many an weird one. words. Hell, where we're like possessing oh. each other. Hello. Hell, oh. I never thought of that. It's like, wait, what the fuck is that all about? Welcome to my hell. <laughs> like, welcome to what? A, uh, I'll go with hi, hey, and uh, how you doing? I guess I think that's a little. Hi sounds better. Hi. Hey. Right. Hey, yeah, but hell, oh. I never thought of that. I just think we're always like language is predictive programming. So we're always using words that I think are actually, or we're conditioned to use words that are probably not that beneficial to our cellular I got you there. ecosystem. I got you there. I think words, too, in general, like our language has evolved from so many different languages. Like English really evolved from Latin. You know, and those those different influences and all this influx of of uh, discoverers and different countries that came over to really mount their pole on New America. But of course, the Native Americans were here too. So, like when I have a, a a group or a meeting, sometimes I call it a powwow. And I don't know if that's if that should be canceled yet. I'm not sure. Um, but there- yeah, I don't. I think. I think I you're know. probably not allowed to say that. Oh, yeah. oh boy. All right. Well, over two, I guess. Over oh, two, uh, yeah. But, <laughs> but you know what? I didn't know. I think the I whole thing know. is no we have to just learn and we can't shame and guilt people for we were learning. We learned something today about the chocolate sprinkles right. that we're like, oh, that probably has a bad history. Right. So I mean I think the thing that's interesting to me about um like the evolution of our consciousness is that we have to be open that it's an evolution. Exactly. Like you have to, you have to grow into seeing things in a new way. I mean, if I think about my own sexism, like it just, let's take everyone, let's just focus on sexism. Cause I'm a woman. There were so many things that I am even still discovering to this day. I can be really sexist about. Really? I get, and I'm a chick. You Even know? as a so woman. Yeah, I'm surprised. As a woman, if huh. I am still if I'm still dealing with internalized misogyny and sexism, et cetera, et cetera, of course the rest of society is. Of course men are. You know, like we are all brainwashed and we are all trying to do our best to like figure out the programming. But true. I, true. I get frustrated when people get so judgmental for people for being brainwashed. I'm like, no, no, no. We all 
are. We're all like, in. That's the whole thing. Like mm-hmm. we, no one came out of the womb, fucking eyes open, ready oh. to just like question everything. Like no, we were all like, Ugh, what did this adult say? Like, Soaked sure, in the placenta. Yes. What's going on? I don't know where. Yeah, I am. Like, we were covered in birth cheese. Like birth there's cheese. a lot. Ooh, can I have a burger with a side of birth cheese, please? Birth Hold cheese. the ketchup. Mm. I mm. bet it's a lot of protein. I've heard that. I've heard the placenta or birth cheese is it's now. Now I'm only going to call it that. Uh, it's really <laughs> nutritious. Like, um, you know, women who give birth, they'll actually save the placenta for later on. I guess this is a thing. Yeah. No, you can make pills from it. Uh, you can put it in the <laughs> soup. I actually took my mm-hmm. mom, but I buried it under a tree. I'm sorry. It's a placenta tree. I'm sorry. But my husband tree. always forgets and calls it the placebo tree. He was like, oh, there's the placebo tree. I'm like, it's placenta, but uh, nice try. The placenta tree. And that thing grew. It fucking grew. Yeah. It's a, it's a <laughs> blossoming fertile tree. That's beautiful. I need a picture of that for sure at some point, if you don't mind. I did not have it in me to be like, I'm going to consume this placenta because I was like, Ugh. yeah, yeah, that's bury it. Apparently, it's the thing to do. I don't even know if it's if it's healthy. I have no idea. That's we're gonna have to circle back on that one too. We're gonna have to circle back on that. I so had much a friend research. who had a lotus birth, which is listen to this. You give birth and then you keep the baby attached to the umbilical cord and then you pull out or you birth out the placenta. So then the baby is in like the thing and then the umbilical cord is attached to the placenta and you carry them both externally until the belly button falls off and it's called a lotus birth. So she would like be like, oh, here's my baby and like here's the placenta that you have to hold with it. I mean, I, that's some next level shit. I, we should look into that too. Like, that was wild. I mean, I'm like, that's, that's oh wild. Oh my God, that's funny. Here's my baby and here's this placenta. And here's the placenta. This. And he's like, oh, what a cute little placenta you are. Like, Do you put the placenta it in its insane. own blanket? If you haven't seen it, I highly should just like looking it up. It looks like a lung. It's very like, it's kind of like a, tr- it's got like tree branches, but it, it looks alive, you mm. know, like. Mm. Well, it is alive, kind of, kind of. So wait, does it, it, do it, they pull? Do they pull the umbilical cord right out of her? At, at the, at the no, jump? you birth it. That's what's so you have to push after you birth a fucking baby. Then you have to birth the placenta. Oh, Isn't that, that is, they don't tell you that, right? After no, the, the, the doctor was like, "Well, now you push out the placenta." I was like, "Suck a fucking dick, bro! Are you kidding me? Just, Are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> I got to put birth another thing." It was, they do not warn you about that. I had, I, wow, I have no words right now. Lotus Birth, everyone. Check out Lotus Birth. Lotus Birth, yeah, check it out. We'll, uh, we'll promo that. Check it out. Hey, if you're just tuning in, if you're just listening or watching, or if you're just like, what the hell's going on over here? This is Blind Knowledge featuring Tony Nagy. Tony Nagy is, uh, taking TikTok by storm with her physical comedy, with her, uh, informative nature, and she's just plain funny, folks. Check her out over on TikTok at Tony Nagy, also on Instagram at Tony Nagy, and I think the TikTok is actually Tony dot Nagy. Is that correct? Yeah, I think you have to mm. put dots in there. Dots underscores. We'll we'll definitely have it all over the place when this interview airs over here on Blind Knowledge. Tony, how did you go from sketch comedy, like you mentioned before, to this like 
it's almost like this new thing. And that's why I wanted to have you on because, you know, there's a lot of things in the world I like that catch my eye. But the people I want to talk to are the innovators. And I definitely think you're an innovator because you're taking this physical comedy, this like wacky, wavy, like just constantly moving, like coming, like just coming. The energy's coming out of you. But you're also saying funny things at the same time. And obviously it takes a certain level of energy for sure. You got to be in some kind of shape to do that. But how did you come up with that idea? Like where, where did that come from? I, I, the first one I ever did was I wanted to do an interpretive dance about what it felt like to get stoned. Okay. So like that was the so that very was the first start. one. Like I okay. kind of started off and I was like, okay, I'm taking a hit and like what do I feel? And then I just interpreted dance to my feelings for like a half an hour as I smoked trying to like understand what it was, like trying to express the feeling of being stoned through my body. I see. But like I am a dancer. I do own a dance studio. Oh, very I cool. dance a lot. Like I actually um do dance. So I have this training of dance and I am also, you know, it's funny because people are always like, how are you not out of breath? Because I'm a dance <laughs> teacher, I'm always fucking talking as I'm dancing because I'm telling people, oh, five, six, seven, eight, yeah. and like pull up and like drop your tailbone. And I'm constantly fucking working my mouth. So dancing and talking is something that I just am already doing in my life. And I think it kind of like came slowly. I think the second one I did was about um, CRISPR, like the gene modification. Oh, that thing's so cool. And so I just was like, oh, I, I thought Chris, no one was really talking too much about CRISPR. Maybe this was like two, three years ago, two years ago. It was pre-pandemic. Yeah. Um, yeah, I and I just was like, oh, I'll just like, I think I was just like at my dance studio and I was like, oh, I'll just like talk about CRISPR and I'll interpretive dance my feelings about CRISPR. And I think the thing that's like, when I said the word interpretive dance in my own head, to me that meant like moving my body in a way that was like meant to be uh, contorted, comedic, and um, like, like not trying to look my prettiest or my best. And I think that with comedy, when you're trying to look your prettiest or your best, you're probably not your funniest. And so there was something really freeing to me about like moving in a way where I wasn't trying to like show like, hey, I'm this like really unbelievable dancer, which I'm just like a fine dancer, to be honest. Uh, but I am a funny dancer, you know, so that's great. And like being able to be funny, it just opened up so much possibility of moving in a way that was like so unselfconscious. Like I wasn't trying to be good. I was trying to be bizarre or like awkward. And trying to be awkward or trying to be bizarre is a lot more fun than trying to be good or trying to be pretty, you know? So. so, yeah. So I think I did one on CRISPR. I did one on like uh, reverse aging, like the science behind how we can reverse aging. And I just kind of like, I would do them more sporadically. And then I did one on, um, uh, the U.S. military being the number one contributor for climate change. And I was like wearing this like prairie dress and I was like in a field and I don't know, I was just like sunset. I was like, oh, I'll just talk about, because I thought that was really a crazy statistic or interesting statistic around the U.S. military Absolutely. and not something that um, we talk about that often. I mean, I think it's just when we think about Good climate point. change, 
the U.S. military being like the the biggest force to reckon with is a lot to process. Yeah. So I was like, oh, well, if we do it in this format, it'll be fun. And that video, I mean, it had its own life, especially on like alt-right Reddit, you know, like (laughs) alt-right Twitter. But then it kind of had this different life of people that were defending me like some people were like cringe like oh this fucking dumb bitch and some people were like i think what she's doing is interesting and ben shapiro who's um a conservative uh political pundit he like did um like he gets like pushed all these like liberal um videos to then like critique or you know put his opinion on Mm -hmm. and he watched my video and he didn't agree with me he wasn't like i 100 agree with what she's saying but he was like actually kind of kind about my format you know he was like oh i i found that entertaining and i was like oh okay so this is a way of saying information that maybe people are not going to agree with me but they will watch it because they're kind of compelled or disgusted or you know like or disarmed or curious and that to me was so interesting it's like how do i penetrate the psyches of people that do not fucking think the way i do at all yeah and that's that's actually so cool and that's kind of what i got out of it sort of in in when i first started listening because you're bringing up topics that aren't really brought up a lot for whatever reason that probably should you know these things are definitely worth talking about that's so that automatically caught my attention and then your mode of transport you're putting your ass in the air you know not in like this really sexual way but just like you're stretching you know it's like i don't how i don't know how i make an ass so not sexual that i (laughs) managed to achieve that goal (laughs) well i didn't mean it like that i mean well i'm not even going to continue on with that because that i am i'm exactly doing that but in a bizarro fashion it's like this stretching and like this this i don't even know what to call it it's like this movement it's like the energy is going through your body and it's coming out your uh, your mouth and it's coming into our ears and it's like you're not just standing there with a book and just saying okay well this is why the u.s government should do so and so and this is why right. crispr should do so and so and or this is this is how chicken yoga went you know you're you're actually <laughs> like getting out there and and giving like a a not a presentation, but this this comedic, yeah, comedic presentation, I guess you could say. It's like you're not just out there walking around giving jokes and stuff. You're you're doing it in, like, this wacky way that catches your attention. Like, what is she doing? What's she going to do next? Is she going to fall? What is this? Yeah, like, is she going to fall? Yeah. I mean, I think it's interesting. There is the archetype of the fool, right? And so that mm. is an identity or a, a personality I play with a lot, which is the fool because the fool is open and the fool is not saying like, I know, and you don't know the fool is just asking questions. And I think that is like, when I watch videos, when somebody is giving information and they're talking down to me or they're acting like I'm stupid for not knowing this. I mean, it goes back to kind of what we're talking about cancel culture. It's like, we have to learn. Oh, we learned. So- you and I learned something today. We're like, oh, that's a racial slur when it came to ice cream treats. And we're yeah. going to fucking stay away from that racial and slur. And now we know. On. We have learned. Yeah. And now we fucking know. But it's like 
when you play the fool, I, all I'm doing is I'm presenting information. I'm asking questions and I'm not saying that I fucking know I'm not taking myself seriously. And I don't think I'm making someone feel dumb for not knowing or thinking or talking about this. Right. And I think that is where to me, the most interesting kind of conversation takes place because I remember that there's this one girl who I follow on TikTok and I, I actually had to un, I like very rarely unfollow people because I like to support people. But every time she spoke, she spoke as she was just like, you're a fucking idiot for not knowing what I'm about to say. And I was mm. like, man, that is, that's just not gonna it's, seduce yeah. people. Like I, we I have to that. seduce each other into being curious and asking questions. And that is where I want to put my energy and my vibe is in curiosity and is in questions and being wrong and being okay being wrong. And then being like, oops, I was fucking wrong. Like I will move forward. And like, that's, and maybe I'll make an, uh, and I will 100% make another mistake. And that's so more the kind of like cultural connections I want to be making is I want to be wrong. I want to be asking questions. I want to be making a fool of myself in order to just connect because people don't connect when they feel dumb around you. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. No one wants to be told they're stupid or dumb. And, you know, you bring these things up in such a fun way. It's like, you know, we, it's almost like you take the spotlight off of us while we're learning. Mm. Cause a lot of times, you know, if you've ever been in college classes, you know, back in, in high school or wherever, maybe just out, you know, you see some kind of presentation. You get talked down to a lot. Um, you're told what to think, told how it goes, told this and that. This is A to Z. This is what you have to do. You have to follow it A to Z. Your presentation is more, okay, I'm going to do these wacky things. So, you know, the person learning doesn't have to be feel like they're in this position of, okay, it has to be this way because she's saying it. She's, but, right. or, or we don't even have to feel embarrassed for not knowing. It's almost like you put this fun kind of, not embarrassing, because it's funny. It could go either way, I think. It could be really it could embarrassing if it way. wasn't Some funny. Some people are like, cringe, stop moving. I can see that. I can't pay attention to you. Stop. I like, can see that. fucking, people have that yeah. reaction, but Absolutely. that's okay. Yeah. There's plenty of still people out there. Exactly. So well, you, you, you can find that. You can't catch all the fish in the sea. You know, you can't, you right. can't even with the biggest net, you're not going to get all the shrimp. Um, but I think your style, especially for like a younger generation, even like even younger than, you know, I don't go younger than 21 for my demographic or whatever demographics, whatever those are. But even like grade school kids would really get a lot out of that kind of presentation, that learning, that kind of teacher association, because you don't feel bad for what you don't know. You don't feel bad. Yeah. And, and, and bringing even out of that younger kids, even someone I'm 35, you know, and it connects with me, too. It's like, you know, I don't feel bad for what I what I haven't learned yet or, or you know, I don't feel stupid or shame or, or you know, it, it really gives me the openness to get away from those things that can really bother down your brain to think a little open and a little differently it gets rid of that and then it goes to okay what she's saying you know does it connect with me you know it brings it to the next level and i think that presentation is really funny too and i think that funniness gets rid of that like awkwardness almost that like you have to be you know suit and tie kind of thing learn this now whereas you know you're, you're giving it in such a fun way and it's it's real info it's real truthful and it's funny and all connects and, and that's what i like about you 
for sure. I mean, I really appreciate that. And I think like for me personally, it was interesting to be doing something on the internet that really no one else was doing. Like I've never exactly. really seen anyone else do that. Like someone's done it after me and I've been like tagged before, but I've never right. really seen somebody do it. And that was where I was like, kind of like, Oh wow. Like, I'm doing so, like that to you me kind of like was mind blowing because so much <laughs> is done on the internet. Like there's hardly yeah. anything that I could do on the internet that hasn't been done, especially on like Pornhub. Haha, <laughs> just kidding. Uh-huh. But um, <laughs> but like to to do something that like felt kind of like really just something that I even if someone else did that, they couldn't they wouldn't be doing it the same way I was doing it anyway. Right. So there was a an interesting uniqueness. And then I think the thing that, you know, um that like inspires me is that I don't know I really believe that our way out of the apocalyptic kind of scenario that we're potentially in is not going to be through thinking our way out I do believe it's going to be through feeling our way out and I do believe it's going to come from joy and I believe it's going to come from a place of gratitude and appreciation and positivity i i just don't think we're gonna like fight our way out of dire circumstances i I, that just doesn't make sense to me so what i'm trying to do is just exemplify you know a way of being it's not the only way of being obviously but it's a way of being and i think that if we all allow ourselves that kind of unabashed and unselfconscious expression of like joy, happy, playfulness, whatever, even when talking and thinking about fucking horrendous shit, there's, I just think that that's a medicine. It it's is. a, it's a medicine. I agree. Yeah, I agree. It is a medicine. It's just a, it's like an herb or a natural vitamin. It's like calcium or vitamin D. It's, yeah, it's something yeah, that like you a need. magnesium. Yeah. It's something that's in us all. You know, even even the the brutal, brash dictators that are out there, you know, I'm sure they laugh too. You know, well, fuck them. But, you know, they definitely laughs. laugh. Yeah. And everyone if they has laugh a soft more, side. Maybe they would murder less. That's you know? What, that's, that's the knowledge we got to drop here on Blind Knowledge. That's what I'm talking about, Tony, <laughs> for sure. For sure. And it's like, yeah, you give this wholesome kind of feel and like the topics, you, 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 push, some, you push some interesting topics for sure. Um, what are some of the ones that you've gotten the most uh, positive feedback on or maybe the most I think my my most popular one, well, there was the one I did on the military, which I kind of had the most like a viral impact for for me personally. But like my most popular one, I I talked about my conspiracy theory about conspiracy theories. Yeah, I saw that one. Yep. That was funny. Um, (laughs) And the funny. funny thing about that one was like my daughter had a cameo because she ended up fucking scaring the shit out of me and like I didn't know she was behind me and like so there was like that funny like kind of comedic moment that, that was the because... first one I saw actually yeah yeah I remember oh that. yeah and she fucking terrified me so it was re- <laughs> there was like this weird kind of thing where she just like I'm talking about conspiracies and then there's almost like there seemed to be this conspiracy <laughs> behind me because you as the audience could see her walking behind me yeah, but yeah. like I you didn't even know so it was funny it, there, it was like art imitating life imitating art because the viewer knew something I didn't authentically uh, I didn't stage that obviously that's great which it just happened to go with the topic about conspiracies but 
you know, that one was an interesting one because usually I like was a little more planned about what I was going to say and like really kind of had more. Cause I did one about like a couple, I did one about world war two. I did one about, um, I've done a bunch about capitalism. So like, they're a little more like uh, they're facts I want to remember and stuff. Like, so I would have like notes, but that one was more just like a, an idea I had. I just wanted to share. So it's, it's in, it's interesting how that one was the most, I was the most relaxed. And that was one where that was, like, that I, almost, I think I lost big. years of my life. It went pretty big though. I mean, I saw the numbers. It was, it was big. It was yeah, like that was hundreds a good one. of thousands that was a good one. of views and likes and shares, comments for days. People loving it. People not understanding it. Yeah, I think it. it has like three, three, three and a half million on my page. So Ooh, Nice. But I think the thing about that one that, like, I liked is that both political parties could hear that one. True. And I'm really kind of, like, I'm most interested in, like, who who is coming to, like, I am, uh, like, both to me, both parties are so, I'm so disheartened by uh, what's going on in terms of, like, the elite you know one percent of where's the representation where is the representation for everybody and i i really believe there has to be a merger of both parties it has to happen i agree and i you know like the way i see it that's why uh racism sexism homophobia are so important to the status quo is because that's what's keeping um us apart like i i really think that if we could heal the 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 racial tension, the gender tension, and like the sexuality tension, that's the revolution that I'm looking for. Oh, you yeah. know, so oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I really want to I want to create conversations where both people who identify as whatever can kind of start finding that that Venn diagram. That's a good point. Yeah, the Venn di- the good old Venn diagram. You know, the circle. Yeah, bring it all together. Yeah. Bring it all together. Mm. Bring it all together. Namaste. So, Hell yeah. Namaste, yeah. Yeah, I've done a little warrior poses in my day, for sure. A couple, uh, actually, I used to I used to do this 20-minute uh, cardio yoga with Tom, what was his name? Tom Morley. I don't know if you've ever heard of him. He's a yoga guy. No. Great stuff. Cardio yoga, though. Sounds good. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. It's some some really good stuff. Um, you said you own a... Um, a dance studio your own what's what's mm-hmm. what's yeah. that called where's, vermont, where's that yeah at? vermont okay is it the tony Nagy studio no um it's i actually just got a new business partner it's called side stream studio side like, stream studio okay yeah like off like the mainstream it. we're we're <laughs> side, side stream, stream. <laughs> that's cool that's yeah simple and simple and smart that's what's up yeah because i think that like getting into our bodies is where we're going to do so much trauma and so much uh, mental suffering and psychological, emotional suffering is stored in the body. And so when we can Mm. start to connect to it and release it, it has major impact in your life, you know? Well, they say... I I really do believe that. They say there's different chakras in your body releases um, of energy mm -hmm. and then they you know your your spine what i've learned because i've had i had a um and i still have a herniated disc which will never heal but you can keep it loose and whatever um which is why i don't deadlift anymore folks no more cleaning for this guy um i was lifting big weights 
but not anymore. That's okay, though. Yeah. Um, you got to be careful with that stuff. And, and what I've learned is your spine, it actually syncs up to different uh, organs and different processes in your body. So there's a part of your spine that lines up with your heart and your lungs. Yeah. And there's a part of your spine that lines up with your stomach and your digestive system. So, and this is the awesome chiropractors I've been to. They've taught me that, like, when they do certain adjustments, it, it's actually supposed to open up these these flows of, of processes and energy within your body. Um, now, you're, it seems like you're big on the yoga, and I have to get into this because it's, it's just so funny. This chicken yoga thing. Um, <laughs> why? How? Why? <laughs> and how'd it go? So, off, so off my camera. friend had all these fucking chickens. You know, and I was like, oh, I want to come over and make a video about chicken yoga. We had no plan. Cool. I was like, I'm just going to come over and you're just going to follow my lead. You know, she was like, okay. <laughs> That's how it goes, <laughs> But right? she was such a good sport about it. She's also a yogi, which is – and she's actually my new oh, um, cool. business partner. She's awesome and she's a, a comedian as well. Um but we just had so much fun because there was all the goat yoga, you know, and I kept seeing yeah. videos of goat yoga. So I was like, oh, it'd be funny to kind of do a spoof and make it chicken yoga. Because I have to say, I think when you make fun of yourself, that's like the kind of the the best comedy to do. So I'm such a new age, yoga loving, hippie, kind of open minded, open hearted chick. I have to make fun of that, you know? And also I love making fun of the concept of influencers. So it's like someone <laughs> yeah, like, you know, like having one thing and then completely switching on the other side of it. So mm. like someone being like wanting to be the yoga person and disgusted by the chickens, like that to me is really funny. Okay. Yeah, Chicken sense. yoga really just was making me laugh as a concept. And then also just the irony of like what we're putting, you know, it's like we're taking this like super sacred practice that as a Western white chick, am I ever going to understand yoga in its like nascent form? Like, I don't think so. You know, I'm creating, I am experiencing a westernized version of something that I'm then broadcasting on the internet. So it's like how not to make fun of the contradictions and the complexity of that. Yeah, like, that's, that's I a good love point. making fun of it, it's even gotta, though I love point. practicing it genuinely. Yeah. So you're saying there's an American version of yoga versus the yoga yoga version of yoga. Oh, I mean, I think what's kind of interesting about yoga is that like yoga came from uh, the East and then had this infiltration oh. in the West and then the West went back to India and influenced it in its own way. So there is like the traditional yogic, you know, um, knowledge that exists. And then there's also the Western infiltration of it. I had no idea. And they, you know, they, they're copacetic in a certain sense, but I think what's kind of interesting about, you know, most Western knowledge is that it does not honor the roots of where it came from you know it's like everything that we're talking about like if i were a, an ancient buddhist that like traveled in time three thousand years and then i heard like quantum physicists being like yeah have you heard everything's connected i would be like yes i have bitch have you not been fucking listening for string theory years? motherfucker come on like we know it's connected dude like we've been saying it some and of like us do. so yeah. much of Western thought and math and science is just like directly taken from Africa, you know. So it's like I think there wow. is this 
this Western um, imperialism when it comes to knowledge and truth that's like actually existed since the aboriginals and 50,000 right. years ago. Right. I don't think we've learned anything in 50,000 years, to be honest. I think we've like um, made technology, but have we learned anything from a spiritual deep place more than like, I don't think so. I don't know. Maybe, but it's I doubt a good it. Question. I that's think a we're still... Question. Still trying to figure it out. Yeah, 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 I can, I can get down with that. Yeah, because you know what is to what is to know is to be known, basically, and um, you know how much more do we have to learn? Sure, I mean, there's there's other things out there. We got to figure out, you know, why. No, there's a lot of whys. You know, why are we still why are we still spinning out in the in a ball out in, out in space? You know, what's out there? You know, what's even further than out there? You know, there's always things we're gonna. Uh, have to learn but yeah the basics i think we all got that i think it's just kind of we keep spinning it around to figure out which is the best way or which is the most prominent way like you look at dieting you know dieting it used to be like atkins that's the way to go go atkins mm-hmm. and then it was like mm-hmm. nope atkins sucks actually go with uh the one that oprah was saying i can't think of it off the top of my head um or slim fast, you know, that was the thing for a little while. And then it's like, yep. all right, now it's now it's be a vegetarian. Now this new thing called veganism, you know, be a vegan. Have you ever heard of kale? You probably haven't, but check it out. It's the new great thing. And it's like we keep evolving, keep evolving. But really what it comes down to is, you know, it's less calories. You know, they uh, what is it? It's, well, I shouldn't say it that way. It's, it's actually... You take in less calories than you burn. You know, you, you make sure you have a nutritious meals with the right vitamins, the right minerals. Um, and you kind of just work to your physical nature, exercise, really, you know. But we're, we're just trying to find the right answer. We're trying now, you know, diet now, do this way and that way, when really we know the answer. We're just trying to just, we're just making it more difficult than it really is. Don't you think? Yeah, I mean, I think... You know, the, someone once said to me, because I've done a couple of um, 10-day silent meditation retreats, and I have a Buddhist meditation practice, and um, I think it was uh, it was another practitioner when I was leaving the, the retreat, or it may have been one of the monks, they said that the most difficult thing about Buddhism is how simple it is. Mm. So, you know, we have these actually like, how do you love yourself? How do you be compassionate towards others? You know, how do you be mindful? These are simple questions and it will take a lifetime to explore. You know, we are all connected. We are all one. Like that's a very simple concept. But how often do you feel connected or do you feel one with all things? And so, I mean, it's interesting you bring up the the dieting aspect because, you know, our food is what you are what you eat. Like literally you are, you are consuming, you are bringing in into your body and then your body is integrating the nutrition and the, right. the stuff you're bringing in. And, and it um, affects what you do, your mood affects and, your, and how you think, your, and your, thinking, gut your energy level, all that. Yeah, totally. And what is being, what is the most like poisoned plant? on the planet is our food, you know? So it's like, oh, it feels so intentional. There are so many, I mean, there's, I, there's, I've gone into many a farming K-holes. I'm in a big farming land and I, I just, you keep going back to like biodynamic organic farming. Like 
really using the least amount of chemicals humanly possible. Like yeah. that is what, that is what's so important. And you know, the vegan conversation is, is interesting because, um, you know, it's like I, some, some people, you know, if you follow the eating by your blood type thing, it's like meat is maybe more important for their diet, but it's like, I never hear the conversation or I very rarely hear the conversation is like, okay, like if meat's very important for your diet or if you feel much healthier, like it's really important you have like organic meat or you know where your meat's coming from or you're sure. not having like the processed meat that's coming from um, rainforests in Brazil and like how often do you have to have meat? Maybe you want to have meat just like once a week or once a month and that's going to be what your body needs. Like. I wish it wasn't so dogmatic around these conversations. Like you're a vegan or fuck you. You're a fucking piece of shit. Or it's like, Oh, can you be, I mean, people are talking about it, but like more plant-based and like, you don't want to ingest the suffering animal. Instead you want the animal to have had like a sacred life. And that to me is so much more of an interesting conversation than being super strict about one way of being exclusively, because then you're never going to get people on board. Mm. I think you have to kind of, have a flexible understanding, but the main thing we want to do is like be aware of the suffering that we're causing. Yeah, no, I, I agree a hundred percent. And that's another conversation that should be had. You know, you, you don't have to be just vegan. You don't have to be just non-vegan. You know, you can be right. somewhere in the middle, I guess, maybe, you know, maybe you can have some fish. I don't know. I don't know if that's allowed. By or the, you can have meat occasionally. Like I have <laughs> someone makes me meat. I'm going to eat it. And if I'm making my own food, I do not. And like that feels okay. You know, Yeah. I had this like realization when I was at my meditation retreat because you got, you, you know, you're silent and you're in your fucking head all the time. Mm. And then you would go to the dining hall and the dining hall was the one time where I was happy because I was fucking eating and I wasn't <laughs> dealing with like the, torture of meditation all day but then I would eat too fast and I would eat too much and I would always take too much like I would look around and everyone would have less than me and I always had more but then I was like oh well I'm taller than these people so I need to eat more but then and I move more and then I'm like but I am I an ecological terrorist because I'm tall and I'm moving all the time I eat so much obviously I had so much like going on in my head around like what am I supposed to be doing around food that makes sense? And like feeling really greedy, you know, like always feeling kind of like, and I had this feeling like, I want to don't, I, and the food, keep in mind, it's not like you had like the, it was fine. It was just like rice and like some strange sort of like unidentifiable, unidentifiable sea foam, you know, but I just wanted it. I wanted it. I wanted to consume it. And then I realized after 11 fucking days, it took me 11 days to get to the realization that I was like, oh, I need to eat so that if everyone around me ate exactly as I did, there would be enough. Interesting. And that was like, oh, okay. So it's like if we eat in a way where like if everyone had that same diet, that would be sustainable for the earth. That feels like a really groovy diet. That does. That does. It feels feels natural. It feels like the way of being. Yeah, it feels very very peaceful for sure. 
Wow, so you do a lot. You do you do comedy, you're a farmer, you're a dancer, you're a mother, you are a, a, a Buddhist, it sounds. Are you a Buddhist or just yes. kind of, you are a Buddhist? No, I, I'm a Buddhist, which the is circle. like crazy to the admit, but Buddhist. it's a philosophy that I, when I did these retreats, like you become a Buddhist. Mm. And I, I'm not really part of groups, but I'm like, I am a Buddhist. Like I got like a ceremony and I... That's cool. You know, like that's cool. It is, yeah, it's, it's interesting. It's it's like I'm, you know, it's been uh, thir- uh twelve years, you know, so wow. I'm still learning so much. You know, there's so a lifetime of learning, but and that's what I it's am all committed about. to the practice. That's yeah. what it's all about is learning. I, I think that if if people in general just keep their keep their minds open to learning more and, and even just digesting in some information. And, you know, you don't have to agree with all of it, but at least you know about it. At least you're aware that there are different perspectives. There are different different views that you can look, you know, you can, you can take these different views and you can really learn and appreciate what's out there. And even if you don't agree, even if it's not your bag, it's just at least you're aware of it. Um, and maybe you won't be so uh, violent or just like violently headed where it's just like, no, it can't be this way. No, we must be Democrats. No, we must be Republican. And that's the only way to be. It's just like, well, especially in that space, those those two things are basically the same at this point. And Tony, I think yeah. we should just establish our own political philosophy. We can yeah, me too. figure it me out. Too. There I'm is a all pirate, about the, there is the a third party. party, the next the next yeah. thing. Yeah, the next one. Exactly. I, I agree because not to get too much into politics, but we, we always can. And we can over here. We're over here blind knowledge, actually. Um, I can speak. I swear. I swear. But politics wise, you know, I think we can get deep into that because I believe in, you know, independence, you know, and I think when you look at your Democrats and Republicans and the people that are actually in there pushing the buttons and putting in the votes, yeah, they're one and the same. You know, they're all trying to make money off of stocks, as we've seen. If you've ever followed uh, Nancy Pelosi's uh, stock trading, which I have actually for like about less than a year. Now it's getting more um, publicized, but she's making some big dough and, and they're all making big dough. And, you know, you got oh, yeah. to wonder, you know, more on that subject, but you got to wonder, you know, is that because they're only making so much money as a salary that they feel they have to go out of almost out of bounds and play this play this um, the stock game where obviously they're getting inside information you know, you're mm-hmm. seeing even the dates that they buy their stocks and then the dates where this public policy comes out. It's usually like one to three days beforehand. Uh-huh. So they know what's going on. They know what the deal is. And it's, you know, it, it just seems that these these elected officials that we rely on, we literally rely on them. It's not even like we look up to them, which is a whole nother conversation. We really should, but we don't. Um, and, and it's, there's a reason why, but we'll get into that some other day. But, you know, we look up to these, these folks, we rely on these folks and it's like, what are they doing for us? You know, what's really going on? What's really the agenda? Is it really big pharma? You know, is there a reason why marijuana hasn't been legalized, even though you got, uh, the dude, uh, big Republican, uh, in, in the Senate, um, you have another guy, big, rep- uh, big Democrat in the Senate. They agree. Everyone agrees, but we just can't get things done. And it's just kind of sad. It's, it's perturbs me. I guess I'm perturbed. 
Yeah, I mean, I think the thing is, is that if I were to make an analogy, you know, if you're hanging out with someone and they're getting chocolate, you know, and you're like, oh, that chocolate looks good. Mm, and they're like, chocolate. oh, yeah, this chocolate is good. And they're just eating it in front of you. <laughs> and Ooh, then it is good. You're like, eventually you're like, <laughs> I want some. Yeah. And I think that when you look at the mystery um, of the chocolate, the mystery of chocolate, it's like being around a uh, vice and just watching someone experience that vice and like, yeah. oh, you watching someone, they're really having a great time with the chocolate. Like eventually you're going to be curious and you're going to want it. And I think that what happened with corporate influence in politics is that once it started taking place um, for one party which was kind of it kind of birthed itself like the 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 first like real um intercourse that happened between corporations and politicians you know then everyone is like in order to compete with that i have to also do that i can't be completely outside of that and not participate and i think that bernie sanders is one of the only modern politicians that proved, hey, I can actually financially compete in a campaign with small donations from people. And he did. And that was such a revolutionary concept, which was why the Democrats ended up burying him. It wasn't the Republicans who buried yeah. Bernie Sanders. It was, his own it was people. the Democrats. It was his own his own uh, party, and I think Bernie would be better off independent or like uh, in a different party, not the Green Party, you know. But maybe just something new, like the Stepladder Party or uh, the Fluorescent Light Party or whatever the hell you yeah, want to call it. Yeah, Fluorescent Light. I mean, I you think know? he when he w- first ran, it wasn't to win; it was to prove a point. And I Good think point. that the the deluge of support that he got um, is indicative of just what is possible if you were to take corporate corporate funding out of politics. But mm. the reality is, as long as the right is being corporately funded, the left is going to be corporately funded as well because yeah. there is this belief system that's the only right. way to compete. And it's just going to keep and I think growing and growing and growing. Going and going and going. Exactly. They're entangled. Yeah. And I think the other thing, you know, what's interesting to me personally, you know, is that everything that I think of, you know, one party doing like, oh, I remember like when Baby Bush um, Bush. got elected in 2000. Baby Bush, I remember believing like that was an illegitimate election. Oh, right? remember that? Uh, that something was, a was wild really one. the that hanging was, chads uh, and the voting machines yeah. and Diebold and Diebold well, being the company that makes ATMs. And so it's like if you can make an right. ATM, you can make a functioning voting machine and you can also give people a fucking receipt. You know, like it was so obvious there was like voting tomfoolery happening. But if I'm going to see it in that election, I have to actually see it in every single election. Right. You know, and if I'm going to look at the George Floyd protests and be like, oh, wow, there are obviously agent provocateurs here that are creating scenarios where it looks like a riot. But that also right. was happening with That's the Capitol point. storming. There was agent provocateurs like yep, there yeah, are. There. <laughs> it's happening all the time with mm-hmm. both parties constantly and like but the thing is is that it's easier to see it with the people you don't agree with as much than it is to see it with your own party and i think that's what's kind of 
the thing that is you want to be a good guy or you want to be affiliated with the good guys yeah. and then more and more you're like fuck there are no fucking good guys right who is the good who, guy who who's... who's the fucking good guy everyone's darth vader like yeah. what the fuck yep and what we, the actual fuck where's where luke skywalker over here the luke skywalker party maybe that's the one yeah, yeah right yeah it's crazy everyone's the same you know they're they're all working together all which is pedophiles. fine i believe that the 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 pedophiles happening all over the place the don't jeffrey epstein's thing and the fact that that yeah. is not it's like oopsie doopsie well now his girlfriend is in jail like it's, <laughs> it's can i just say the fact that a woman is taking the fall taking the fall is just if that's not an example of global misogyny i don't know what is not to say that she's not guilty of something but we all know jeffrey epstein's still alive he's has a new island and a new face and he's got all the money in the world and like then Good. this girl is Good gonna thing. rot in prison like i'm like or she's gonna die i doubt it i think she's gonna be the scapegoat you well, know you got prince andrew still out there you got um big will prince andrew's still out there i'm not gonna say his real name because i'll get uh, taken out like everyone else but big willie he was a president at one point uh yeah his name is out he, there uh his, his his name's definitely out there you know, and his name has been out there for year i mean a long time i heard about but no one can kind of no a one long can get time it. ago no and i knew them. girls that were on like really? i had a friend who was almost on one of those planes like i knew wow. girls that were being recruited to be on those planes mm. and to be on like part of that like that that's not like something like wait what no that was happening and that's been happening and it was part of the yeah, it's real you know like young girls in new york knew about that yeah you know they so got paid. they got didn't they get paid they got paid the what the girls yeah i mean they're sex slaves right well yeah obviously yeah they're they're and the, some of them are forced into it I mean, they're young. They're yeah. young girls, you know? Like, I, th there's no consent when you have a young girl in that oh, circumstance, no. uh, regardless no. of whether or not you're being her. You oh, know, no, like, I'm not bringing it up. To, it's, it's an awful, disgusting act either way, first of all. Yeah. Um, but I'm just wondering, like, how did they rope them in? Like, what was the big – because they're powerful. Well, I think, like, a lot of them are drugged. You know, and like, yeah, you are, you're drugged a lot. Like you're given drugs and then you are, don't really hear about you that. know, it's like, there is, I'm sure there is like some financial exchange because you have to keep your mouth shut. Yeah. That but makes even sense. if you talked, no one's going to believe you. I mean, I remember, you know, like there was a, that's a good point. There's so many, and there's said, also like the me. MK ultra mind control oh, yeah. where you are just brainwashed into being like a government drone sex slave and then of course there's like the the um the priests and all i mean there's so oh, we the could priest, go on a whole priest. tangent yeah, of like yeah for and like where did all those kids go that were taken from those parents at the border yeah what happened to where, that? what happened to those kids we're on to the those next news now, cycle that's that they're was, probably sex trafficked children I you know not. it's like everyone's wow. involved in that both parties are equally involved and we're like oh and I just think that should be the deal breaker. Uh, that I think the whole <laughs> sex trade thing should be the deal breaker when it comes to like our political system, and yeah, yet it's so. like actually not. You'd think so. Now it's out there like it's fucking regular, and it's it's disgusting, and it's it's like, it's almost the Jeffrey Epstein almost normalized it. That's what's so messed up. Was it that, or was it because the media kept talking about it and talking about it in these soft ways? Because, in, and I'm not like a big conspiracy guy at all, but 
I do understand facts and who owns what. And Republican, Democrat, Orange Party, uh, you can call yourself the Monster Energy Party if you want. Um, there are so many tentacles. It's like this big octopus. You know, there's only three yeah. companies, three. Uh, that own the big media in the United States is only three. If you look at the charts and you know the 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 this monstrosity of of companies that own companies, there's only three. Yeah, and they're all getting money. They're all getting paid from d- Democrats and Republicans and and people that aren't even in politics. And I think personally, it's this media you know cycling every two or three weeks. We get this new story, and we're all big on that, and then we just kind of forget. Because we're on to the next big thing. And it's not always, it's usually never the most positive thing either. It's always these big, um, you know, radical things or war or, or murder or, or rape. And it's these horrible, horrible things that you really wouldn't want to think about on a daily basis. But yet here we are. But we're not talking about where, you know, a couple of weeks ago, someone was just cured of leukemia. You know, where's that news story? I had to I had to search for that somewhere. Sometimes I have to go to the UK on Daily Mail, you know, not the greatest place, but to get US news. It's it's almost like we we are only allowed to to hear and see certain things that are presented and what's presented is actually um you know, allowed, uh, given permission by us to 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 learn about. You know that permission is granted by these these bigwigs that are paying the news. So I, I just think it's this huge cycle, um, this huge ladder formation almost that really needs to be looked into more. And also bring it back to what you said before. You know, you have these companies that are basically, you know, they're they're funding these politicians. And not too long ago, you know, companies in special interests aren't they now considered people? They're considered like a voter. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What the fuck? Individuals. Yeah. That doesn't make any sense at all because then you're just opening the floodgates for just constant like money, just money being thrown at you from all angles. It's it, there's no um, there's no there's no recourse. There's no one watching over this, and it's it's um, it could get sad if we don't turn it around. But I think comedians like yourself and talented folks, and you know, you're keeping it light, you're keeping it informative. We're learning and we're growing, and we're having these conversations, and and you're allowing us to have the conversation because you present it in a fun you know, funny way, lighthearted. It's like, all right, now, you know, maybe I'll feel more comfortable to leave a comment and say, wow, that sucked. Or, or yeah. wow, that was great. You know, and then that opens up a dialogue and discussion. I, I think that's that's the best way to learn and grow and evolve. You know what I'm saying? Yes, absolutely. I couldn't agree more with that. Right on. Right on. Well, we are... Uh, we are already at an hour and a half, Tony. I think we should call it. I bet you have things to do. Namaste, my friend. Thank you so, so much for joining me. Um, yes, totally. Thank you for having me. We have to do it again sometime. Maybe we could do a little series on just uh, just things in the world that should change. Something like things that. Things in the world that should change. Yeah. <laughs> Something like that. Hey, yo, this is Tony Nagy. My name is Joey B. Uh, thank you so much for joining us on this featured edition of Blind Knowledge. Check us out at blindknowledge.com. You can find Tony, Tony Nagy. Oh, and before we go, Tony, interesting name, by the way. 
Oh, I know. It's Antonia, but it's such a formal That's so name. Cool. I've never been known as that. I've always been a Tony. Antonia to the front desk, please. Antonia to the front desk. I know, like, desk. Antonia, Antonia, are you, would you like another cappuccino? <laughs> would, you, would you like some champagne, Antonia? That's cool as hell. Tony Nagy, check her out. She's on YouTube. She's a YouTube sensation, Tony.Nagy. She's also on Instagram, just at Tony Nagy, T-O-N-I-N-A-G-Y. That's T-O-N-I-N-I-G-Y. Tony, thank you so, so much for joining me. Hope to have you on again, and I uh, hope you enjoy the rest of your day, and thank you You again. too. Have a great day. It's all love, dude. It's all love. Thanks so much. Thanks so much. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right, y'all. That was Tony Nagy uh, spending some time with me over here just shooting the shit. That was um, just another interview. That's what we do, y'all. That's what we do. Um, This is a feature presentation of Blind Knowledge, blindknowledge.com. You can check us out. We're on Twitter at blind underscore knowledge. We are on Instagram at The Blind Knowledge. We're on TikTok at The Blind Knowledge. I'm getting a call from my web developer, so hopefully the site is up and running at this point. Uh, But if not, just keep hitting that refresh button, and I swear it will pop up eventually. And this concludes another sweet edition of the interview series here at Blind Knowledge. My name is Joey B. Thanks a lot for your love and support. We'll catch you next time. Bye-bye. Hello, folks, and thank you, thank you so much, so, so very much. This is the Reverend Jackson Fetalbush Beetle. That's Jackson Fetalbush Beetle. And our rave reviews, rave reviews for a new collective, a new vision, shall we say. They're called Blind Knowledge. BlindKnowledge.com is where you can find these folks. And let me tell you something, my brothers and my sisters and my non-identifying friends. I love this content.
I love their channels. I love their presentation, if you will. So check them out. Blind Knowledge. BlindKnowledge.com. Coming to a screen near you. Oh, Lord and Lord.